On today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling, Joe is back from vacation at Disney World, World. I think. Yeah, World. We're going to talk all about that. We have Chad joining us for the entire show, despite what I said last week for just the draft. He said, he said, fuck it. He said, yeah, I'll come on for the whole thing. Uh, We're going to talk about the weekly wrestling recap, what we enjoyed, what we did not enjoy from this week in wrestling. We're also going to talk Unforgiven in your house for our retro beer ratings. We had even more WWE releases this week, specifically from NXT. And we have the results of last week's draft along with another one this week. We're doing our first wrestling-related draft this week. We're basically drafting... I don't know, kind of a roster. We're going to draft one men, uh, one men's wrestler, one women's wrestler, one tag team, one announcer, and one manager. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. You can follow me on Untapped at Dylan Free. You can follow Joe on Untapped at Joe Kalinowski. We've got a hell of a show for everyone today. Chad, I'll ask you first. Are you ready to go? Oh, yeah. Joe, are you ready to go? Yep. Let's go. Welcome into episode 19 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling, and uh, happy Friday the 13th, everyone. Ooh, thank you. My son's birthday. That's tragic. It's not always on a Friday. Yeah, but like, I feel like once every like seven years it is, right? Fact. So, well, kind of, because they got like leap years and shit. Oh, yeah. So maybe once every shit, I don't even know at this point. 20, Once in a 30, while. I don't know. 28 years. No, that doesn't sound right either. Not right at all. Um, yeah, I don't know anymore. Oh, 29 years on a leap year. Yeah. No, that's how Still many days. Right. That's how many days are in February, you fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> Chad is joining us this week. Uh, for the first time. We talked a lot of shit about him. However, he is quite knowledgeable in wrestling, so he's joining us for the entire show. And obviously, all the shit we've talked is—it's—it's uh, it's totally, um, you know, for fun, right? I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. If there's one person who's probably the biggest wrestling fan of the group, it's probably me. Um. So. Yeah. What's the name of your podcast, though? It's uh, <laughs> whatever you have me on every week. Oh, so okay, so this one, uh, and then Joe is back. We we had Andy on last week. If if you could hear him. Obviously, he was uh, he was on last week. You, if you were listening, uh, especially in your car, like I was when I listened back to it, um, probably couldn't hear him. But we have Joe back this week. Joe, how was your how was your trip to Disney World? Um, it was good. I, I had a good time. 
it was my my sisters were there and my brother and all all their kids were there uh so that that in itself was automatically just stressful but uh it was a good time with regards to like the big rides they have there you have to wait forever so if you want to go on some big rides you don't really you don't really get an opportunity to ride that many rides uh but it was it was a good trip overall i had a good time we did animal kingdom magic kingdom and hollywood studios got to see the star wars land which was pretty freaking sweet oh uh, that was my next question did you go see star wars whatever yeah Gal- galaxy's edge yeah that was pretty freaking sweet the uh the aesthetic of the entire that entire portion of the park is pretty dope that there's a ride called rise of the resistance, which is really hard to get onto. You have to get in on it. Like six, you have to wake up at six 45 and reserve a spot on the queue. Uh, and we got on that and I actually got to ride it a second time because, uh, my dad baby swapped. So I rode on him like a pretty, pretty difficult ride to get onto. I rode it twice in one day. So that was pretty sweet. Humble brag, humble yeah. brag. I like it. Yeah. If it's based uh, on the I new know. series though, is it any good at all? Yeah, it's it's good. It, you're right. It is based on on a new series, but you know you still. I mean, it 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 it's not a very thrilling ride, but it takes you through some like like basically a an imperial destroyer, and you have to you're part of the resistance, and you have to get away from the the not the dark order. That's uh that's not it. The, that's the, AEW. The first order. Uh, which so yeah, it's it's a cool story, and I and it was a good time. I enjoyed it. It was awesome. Oh, so when you when you said new series, I immediately went to Bad Batch, but it's actually based off the most recent three movies. Yeah, the the Resistance in the in the new movies. That's where the they get the bad names. Movies. The yeah. bad movies. Yeah, the bad yeah. batch of movies. Yeah, we won't get into that. You know, not really a Star Wars podcast. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure all three of us have seen all the. I think you guys have watched more of the... T- I've seen all the movies, but I haven't seen all the TV series. But yeah. pretty sure the two, the two of you have. I know we talked about this before. I haven't seen the fucking... The Clone Wars or Rebels. And I haven't watched any of Bad Batch. But Bad right. Batch is legit. I will get yeah, to that. I'll get to that. Really There's a lot. I got a lot on my plate. All right. Let's get into the... Probably the biggest news of the week. And it... Just like it always does when we record these things, because we're recording on a Friday, everything it always gets released on a Sunday. For some reason, after we're done recording on Fridays or every time on Saturday, there's always some giant WWE news that comes out in between recording and releasing the episode. Uh, Last week, we had basically the NXT news. So we had a bunch of people get released. Uh, I don't have a list, but Bronson Reed. Okay, go ahead, Joe. We got Bobby Fish, so the Undisputed Era is now dead forever. Uh, yeah, Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Kona Reeves, who I've never liked, Leon Ruff, a former North American champion, uh, Stephen Smith, Tyler Rust, Zachariah Smith. There's a lot of Smiths here. Uh, Asher Hale, Giant Zangier, and Mercedes Martinez. I- Joe. What's up? Joe, you froze after like right before you said Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, I, I said I I didn't even realize that her name was on the list the first time I I read the list. That was one of the biggest names on the list. I know, but it was yeah, all was the like, way at the bottom of the tweet. So I, maybe I was just so so heart heartstruck by the end of that list that I just didn't even realize. 
Yeah, I think like her, Bronson Reed, and Bobby Fish, probably the biggest names on that list. Leon and Ruff. Leon, and Leon Ruff, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so apparently the, like NXT is taking like a new direction and basically they want to go younger and larger wrestlers, I guess. So they want to move more towards like what FCW was back in the day. We haven't really seen it yet, so obviously we'll talk about how NXT was this week, but I don't really think we've seen the the motions going to play yet, but I think we will after TakeOver 36. Yeah. Uh, speaking of TakeOver 36, we got Cole versus O'Reilly 3. Have you guys read about the uh, the contract disputes of Adam Cole? I don't very know. worried Adam Cole is not going to be a WWE NXT guy very long after this. Yeah. I mean, did is the rumor true or is the rumor not true that Vince offered him a million dollars? Well, they I, I read that as well. I mean, their rumors are what they are rumors, but there he's apparently in dispute between WWE and AEW because that's where uh, that's where WWE wrestlers go when they get released. Whoa. If they, if Adam leaves, I will stop watching WWE. If Adam Cole is one thing, he's the greatest thing on NXT. Yeah, absolutely. Bay Bay. I mean, consistent. It would be it would be surprising to me. Like, I think the one place that you won't find Adam Cole in a few months is NXT. He's either going to be on the main roster, or he's going to go to AEW where Britt Baker is. I think that's. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's the one thing that's probably driving him towards AEW and then probably the money driving him towards WWE. I'm not really sure, but I mean, Tony Khan also has a boatload of money to offer yeah. whoever. He's got a couple dollars. Yeah. Well, let's be honest with you. If he like goes to the main roster, I think he will be more... If, if Vince was willing to give him a million dollars, he's willing to feature him on a main roster, then I think he's position as a wrestler is going to be higher than AEW. AEW's roster just keeps growing to 20, 30, 50 people. Then he's never going to get the time and place on the roster like he could get on SmackDown or Raw. Yeah, they have like their AEW's in the in the spot right now where they they have a 10-pound bag of talent or of wrestlers and a 5-pound bag of TV time. There's mm-hmm. just Yeah. Yeah, there's just yeah. not enough to go around right now. Making um, the same mistakes as TNA. I keep on say, like I keep on saying it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we'll see where it goes, but you're Cause, you're not cause, wrong. Because re- realistically, why was AEW so exciting? AEW was exciting. Something new. The, Everyone likes it, new it, stuff. It was something new. They were building new wrestlers, and now, you know, they're they're doing the the WCW TNA thing where they're signing already established stars and they're featuring them. God, I love Malachi Black, Alistair Black, Tommy End, but. He hasn't been on the roster, and already he has had he has this huge feud with Cody Rhodes. He- Joe, what the Rhodes. fuck? Joe, we lost you. What did you? Yeah. What was the last thing you heard? He has this huge feud oh. with Cody, and then we lost yeah. him for like a minute. I'm just happy it's not me. No, so we we were talking about the the TNA and WCW thing where WWE wrestlers leave WWE and they immediately sign to AEW. And you're seeing it with Malachi Black, who's in this huge feud. You're seeing it with Andrade, who is on television every week as well. 
And the people that are falling to the wayside are the, the, the stars that AEW has been trying to build for years now. So Hangman page, yes, hangman page, but he's having a baby. So I don't care about that one. MJF still relevant. Jungle boy has a title shot next week. Darby Allen's on TV every week. So. Okay. Yeah, like three, you named three people though. There's their, a roster of a hundred. That's their up and coming people though. Like that's who remember, you... remember the beginning when Joey Janela was on every pay-per-view. What does Joey Janela do now? I don't know. Nothing, because he doesn't really put on that great of matches. Joey Janela is legit. Fuck off. <laughs> I mean, well, Dean Ambrose. Or, whoa. Throwback. His uh, name was John. <laughs> Joe froze again. <laughs> <laughs> they froze him because he said Dean Ambrose. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep talking through it. Um whatever Joe said about John Moxley while uh while he was frozen, sure. Well John Moxley is back and he's right on the right on the top of, of being televised every week again. He's WWE fodder again. Yeah. Another point that WWE personnel are making up all of the main important people other than Kenny and the Young Bucks on AEW. Yeah, it's it's dangerous. It's it's dangerous to kind of throw to the wayside what what AEW is supposed to be, which is also kind of what NXT was supposed to be. But and now they're going back to it. Look, just 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 you wait until these uh these free agents that have never seen WWE. I think their names are uh Brian Danielson and uh CM Punk. Just oh, you the wait. American Dragon Brian Danielson. <laughs> yeah, just you wait. <laughs> yeah. The American exactly. Dragon. Cri- Christian too. Oh yeah, Christian. Yeah. We'll get we'll get into that when we get into the weekly recap. All right. Um, some other news. Uh, we had Keith Lee kind of uh, talk about his health scare slash injury issues that he had uh, while he was gone. Anyone have any thoughts on that? Did you see the one where he said he was a mental health? There was a mental health concern for him. Well, no he 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 actually came out and said what it was. He he tested positive for COVID. And got some blood work done, and then he returned, and he battled Matt Riddle, and, and Joe, you're fucking killing me right now. I I can't I can't control it. Uh, he got the results of of that blood test, and it, it was it was a problem with his heart. Yeah, it's I I, I screenshotted something from Twitter. It was like contracted COVID in January, suffered from heart inflammation. Had a bunch of tests done to make sure he didn't have like a genetic condition like I do. RIP me in like 30 years. Uh, he was like, then they like forbid him from doing anything physical for weeks until the swelling in his heart went down. And then now he's moving forward and getting back into shape after it says like a really tough seven months. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad he's healthy now or hopefully is healthy. I mean, they've got him in the ring now, so. I hope as long as they treat him like a main event star like he is, then I'll be happy with it. But if Raw keeps treating him like fodder, then I'll be pissed off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you expect from Monday Night Raw, though? Four minute um, carrying cross matches. Yeah. And that's what we've been getting. So, yeah. Hopefully, Keith Lee stays healthy. Uh, yeah. And then, last little bit of news from me. Yeah. Uh, the Garganos are having a baby. Not named Indy or Austin. Babies. 
so yeah congratulations to them uh maybe to... maybe your baby and and their baby could be friends um only a month difference i doubt it because you know i'm not really good friends with them not yet and by really i mean at all you just gotta you figure know, out where they know. live and then live next to them so they go to the same elementary school so then you go to like meet them at a parent teacher conference and then you and Johnny wrestling are best friends. That'd be pretty cool, but I don't know how much, I mean, I would assume that they're going to continue living in Florida and um, maybe he'll know, adopt you and, and you could be Dylan wrestling. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know my wife doesn't want to live in Florida. I don't really want to live in Florida. It's like the wild, wild East over there, like the South, the wild, wild Southeast down there. So I don't know. I mean, in times like these, I really don't want to live in Florida. I don't know. Kind of depends on what your views are, how bad you want to live in Florida these days. All right. So we're going to move into, uh, so the way we're going to run the show, we're going to go retro beer ratings, which is coming up next. Then we're going to do the weekly recap. And then we will roll into listener questions and our drunk dudes draft triple D uh, for the week. Uh, so moving into the retro beer ratings this week, we had Unforgiven in your house from didn't write down a date, uh, probably like Ooh. May something, 1998. Uh, it was from Greensboro, North Carolina. And shall we start with signs? Chad, do you have any signs? Yeah, I got a couple. My favorite one was X-Pac is gay. Well, I don't I don't want to. Uh... Why was that your favorite? Because I thought it was completely irrelevant. X-Pac wasn't even in the show until like five seconds till the end. And then X-Pac is gay was something that somebody really felt prominent about. (laughs) That is kind of funny. Like people who hold up, people who make signs for people that aren't even advertised to be on the show, which I'm assuming X-Pac wasn't despite. He had only been in the company for like a month when he showed up with DX. DX, He was a WCW guy until like a month before this pay-per-view. Yeah, and I'm sure Joe can confirm that X-Pac is not gay. Joe, can you confirm that you've seen that video? <laughs> no, I have not actually seen that video. Right. Uh, totally. So I, I, got, I got signs littered throughout the matches. This, this pay-per-view was signs, saw, signs galore. Uh, when, when that happens, so give me a second. I got... <laughs> what's that? I said this pay-per-view is signs galore, and then you went, uh, 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 uh. uh yeah, so I got I saw a sign that said I'm not fat, I'm big boned. And I, I got that one. I I thought it said I'm not a fan, I'm big boned. No, I'm not fat, I'm big boned. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like, that doesn't make it I wrote that one down and I was like, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. I got the same one. Uh, yeah, I got uh, oh, do you want to go next, Dylan? Um, I'll just go in order as you say them. Uh, first one I saw, I'm just going in order of the, the, the order that I saw them in. Uh, if you hear glass, that's your ass best, like one of my favorite signs. Any, anytime, yeah. Anytime you talk about Austin with the glass, Chad, you got another one. Uh, playboy needs China. Oh needs. dude. I remember seeing that one and I forgot to write it down. Yeah. That one was, yeah, yeah I got that one. And, uh, geez, did they get way more than they bargained for? <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, I got, I'm in redneck heaven. Yep. I saw that one. Yep. Um, nation of masturbation 
Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one was the one where all I saw was of masturbation, but it was during the nation's entrance. And I was like, that has to be what that sign says. So I'm just assuming that's what the sign says. But yeah, that was, <laughs> that was funny. I got a sable free tongue bath sign. Oh yeah. With the, um, yes. With, uh, with a down arrow pointing at the guy holding the sign. Yeah. yeah. I saw that one. Um, I've got gas. Okay. But what sign did you see? No, no, no. That was damn. That was good. <laughs> that, that was the sign. This was, this was literally like, there were so many good signs in this, in this yeah. pay-per-view. Um, in the same, I'm gonna say two right now because they're in the same match. I got a power bomb me sable, and okay. in in the Luna versus Sable match, there was a thanks for the memories. Oh, like nice. how you call it a match, like it was a match. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it was an evening gown match. Let's come on now. I've got three more. Um, China is Cartman's dad. Which that was, was like, like the same year as the Cartman's Dad episodes, like the first two seasons of South Park. Yeah, I looked it up just to see when South Park started because I remember that being in season one and it started in August of 97. So this would line up pretty well with that. Um, and another dad sign, Val Venus is my dad. Yeah. Good I job. had a sign along the lines of the Xbox sign that says Vince likes boys, which I always, I always thought Vince McMahon liked big sweaty men, but that's because he does. Six foot eight or above. Yeah. Uh, my last sign is just says white trash for life. Probably an Austin fan. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Joe's frozen again. So um, <laughs> I can't believe this. Like, what a, we spent 20 minutes trying to figure out how I was going to get into this whole thing and then attend the whole time. Well, mine were good. My, my like connection was good until you figured out your connection. You're moving around too much. You need to stay still. Me? That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's whenever I talk realistically, like the internet's trying to process my voice. Internet overload. <laughs> um, it's like, voices, yeah, I don't know what you, voice is too stupid. I don't know what you just said, but I, I saw one that said, I'm a student of Stone Cold U, my GPA 316, which isn't a great GPA if we're being honest, but. And not if you're part of Stone Cold U. Oh, it's, is that the top? It's passing. I, I feel like that's like their 4.0. Oh wow! Okay, never mind. So actually, then. it's per- it's probably pretty good if you're in Stone Cold You. That's probably like the perfect GPA. Yeah, that's that. Actually. That and like zero. Probably I like my three, high school two. GPA was a three sixteen. Uh, first match, we had the Nation of Domination versus Farouk, Ken Shamrock, and Steve Blackman. We Boy, are. this got uh this got a few beers here. Uh. Most of it, most of it due to uh, Farouk going absolutely fucking insane with the leather strap. Yeah, he hit him 12 times, hit D'Lo Brown 12 times. That's an entire beer. Pretty much. Honestly, other than that, though, like this was just like your run of the mill six man tag match. Yeah, well, I got I got four and a quarter beers here. What did what did you get? What the fuck? Maybe (laughs) that's nowhere close. (laughs) I got I got three and a quarter. I got three. I don't know where I got the extra beer from. I don't either, <laughs> especially because we talked before we started recording and then you and I got the same total number of beers. Well, hold on. Let me do my math again. Maybe I'm an idiot. I don't think this was a this was not a four and a quarter beer match. I'm sorry. We always do round up, but this was just there not a, this was just not a four and a quarter beer match. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I I think I did it wrong. <laughs> 
I'm stupid. Well, yeah, we knew that already. Yeah, I did math wrong. It's three. It's three and a quarters. Three and a All quarter. Right. Uh, Farouk, Steve Blackman, and uh, Ken Shamrock won the match. Yeah, three and a quarter beers, run of the mill, six man tag, and really nothing special about it. Move on to Triple H versus Owen Hart. We had uh, China suspended above the entrance ramp in a shark cage. I got a JR quote for you on this one. Uh, yep, I think. Let me hear it because I have a JR quote too. I got one. At the end of the match, Owen Hart said bullshit, and JR said, I'm glad I'm wearing this watch because it's shockproof. (laughs) What? My JR quote is one that just doesn't age well. JR said, as China was being raised in the shark cage, he said, China being raised to the heavens, I'm sure nobody said that about her before. Ooh, ouch. (laughs) Which just does not age well at all. I got a, uh, I got him saying a lot of near falls here, which really played into our drinking game. That was the quote. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> it was a good quote because there were a lot of near falls and it contributed to our beer and three quarters. Uh, no, I got two and a half. Oh, wow. I'm I got 1.75 as well. Okay. What? Well, we always round up. That's, I don't know, that's a little off. Like, I mean, Joe being an entire beer off, I mean, I'm I'm a three quarters of a beer off here, but I mean, the X-Pac interference at the end, plus with like the, with the uh, fire extinguisher, I don't know. What, I don't know what we missed. Maybe I took big boy sips, I'm not sure. You might have, yeah. Generally, I always take the big boy sips at the beginning of the match, so. I watched this at 7 o'clock in the morning, so I played tallies with that match, and I got 1.75. Okay. I did tallies as well, and I also drank to my tallies, but I was doing tallies. So you drank. You can't really yes. do both. I did both. <laughs> I didn't okay. want to, uh, to miss, miss out. I thought that this would be a better way for me to, to do it. So I drank whenever I needed to drink, and I also wrote down a tally. And that's where my it just seems like from. a lot of work. It I'm is, either I'm either doing tallies or I'm drinking. But anyways, it's, it's a lot of work. I'm I'm really dedicated. Yeah, China ends up escaping the cage towards the end. Uh, she like bends the the quote unquote steel poles. Um, they lower the cage because she's hanging from it. Like no, that's not it 15 was, uh, feet in the air. It wasn't it Road Dog? Oh yeah, Road control. Yeah, allegedly Road Dog lowered the cage for her. So that she could get down. And then uh yeah, X Pac ends up like she she gets the ref's attention and Slaughter's attention when he gets when he comes back down. X Pac interferes, hits Owen Hart with a fire extinguisher, and then Triple H pins him for the three count and retains the European championship. Uh and we move on to the third yep. match. The new Midnight Express, uh Bombastic Bob, aka Bob Holly. Hardcore and- Holly. Yeah, Hardcore Holly and Bodacious Bart, a.k.a. Bart Gunn, uh, facing the Rock and Roll Express. Jim Cornette's an absolute heat magnet. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen a ton of, like, yeah. Jim Cornette stuff. Uh, I've watched some old, like, Rock and Roll and Midnight Express stuff from the 80s, but he's an awesome heel manager. The part where he fought the referee in the middle of the match was the was the most entertaining thing on the whole card. Yeah, yeah. Him and him and Tim White are about to go like fucking just one on one fisticuffs. 
in the middle. You remember of the, the, the the skit from SmackDown like twenty years ago where Tim White was trying to kill himself, and they were like, every day they were like showing him like trying to hang himself or drink himself or drive off our cliff. It was on SmackDown like oh six oh seven time frame. No, I just, <sighs> Jesus there, Christ! No, Google it. There was a legitimately a Tim White tries to kill himself skit they did every week on SmackDown for like a year. What the fuck? Google it. It's real. I will. I will potentially do that after this. Maybe not. Um, I got commentary for same. this match, and most of the commentary was was not actually talking about this match. It was talking yep. about the next match. So oh, I yeah. got a Jr. quote, or no, not Jr. Jerry Lawler quote, where he says, "Panties are the best thing in the world. Or aren't the best thing in the world, but they're next to it." Well, right before that, did you hear the part where he said, "What color do you think Sable's panties are?" <laughs> yeah um i would well, say i will to it <laughs> yeah i will say that the next match is the match i have the most notes for and it's strictly because of the amount of quotes during it um, I, I also the answer was blue by the way yeah i also had a another jerry lawler quote he says uh nothing wrong with being naked i was born that way huh good for him just like all of us uh, yeah, Mid- midnight express picked up the win in that match for how many beers, Dill? I got a beer and a quarter. Yeah, that's what I got. Same. Cool, cool, cool. First time. Finally, <laughs> finally on the same page. We're, we're synced up. <laughs> uh, something that probably didn't get a beer and a quarter. Uh, we had Sable versus Luna Vachon in an evening gown match. This is one of the worst matches I've ever watched. Yeah, these are the kinds of women's matches, you know, that just don't age well. <laughs> or at all. Not, not to say that teenage Dylan didn't enjoy watching them. I'll just well, leave in 1998, what were you like five? I was five, but like I could, I you know, they still had them in the mid 2000s. I do remember yeah. Braun panties matches in the 2000s. Yeah, same, yeah, same, same. Evening gown, Braun panties match, same, same. But yeah, lots of quotes in this match. Um, uh, Jerry Lawler, Luna's dress would look great on the floor next to your bed, JR. JR. I got a good one. It says, Sex is the most fun and natural thing money can buy. Yeah, I saw that as well. I did not see that one. <laughs> Joe, Joe, do you have a quote for this match? Um, no, it's uh, I, I had the sex is the most natural thing money can buy as well. And that was actually a JR quote. Oh, I have two more quotes. Uh, Jerry said, I want to see her like in the centerfold of that magazine where, where she was wearing nothing except a staple. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. fucking hilarious. And... JR at near the end of the match, he said, This is about the time where you hit the pause button on the tape. <laughs> I was like, damn, JR. So much for the happily married man. Yeah. Um, how many uh how many how many beers did you guys get for this? I feel like we all probably oh wait, actually Sable Sable loses. I feel like we should mention that. Gives a yeah, Sable. Did she really lose though? Because she ended up destroying Luna for the rest of the time after the match. Technically, she lost, but you're she right. Lost on a technicality on yeah. the rules of the match. Yeah, <laughs> she, she got closer to naked first. It's not um, a loss for anybody. Yeah, I got a half a beer. Same. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I honestly like halfway through. I thought we were only going to be a quarter beer, and then she did the sable bomb. So I drank for that, and then I think there was like one more thing after that. I can't remember. 
When the match ended, I was at three drinks. Yeah, it was it was a light ha- uh, half a beer. It was I was at four drinks at some point, and then I guess all the other stuff happened afterwards. I think there was only five or six total drinks. Yeah, I put six tallies. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, next we had the uh, tag team championships on the line: New Age Outlaws versus LOD Two Thousand with Sunny. And the New Age Outlaws bring out a Dean Smith blow-up doll. <laughs> A.K.A. blow-up doll with North Carolina shirt. Yeah, and then there was a quote associated with that. Uh, Jerry Lawler says to JR, you recognized that blow-up doll right away, didn't you? I like the part where he said the blow-up doll. I mean, Dean Smith seems to have lost a lot of weight. <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> I I got a, we've wrestled these old bags time and time again. The outcome is always the same. Us on top, them on bottom. And no, that's not my sexual preference. I wrote that down too. <laughs> Jesus, I did not hear that either. Yeah. That was Road Dog talking in his intro. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think I was running to get a beer from the fridge when that was happening. <laughs> well, it was mostly because like, I usually I run to the fridge when I know there's not going to be a drink that happens, or at least hope that there's not. You never waste your time not listening to Road Dog. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was probably a bad idea. Uh, then we had Mr. Ass in the match as well. The commentators talked about him a little bit. And uh, what is it? Uh, it was on somebody's ass. It was on... Billy Gunn? Yeah, it was on Billy Gunn's ass. You're right. Did yeah. you see the part where Road Dog was like fixing Billy Gunn's shorts and was like grabbing his ass the whole time? No. Yeah. That was like at the intro of the match. Billy Gunn comes over to the corner and Road Dog starts fixing his shorts um, and definitely grabbed Road Dog. I mean, Road Dog grabbed Billy Gunn's ass at, at least three or four times. Jesus, yeah. I feel the way that you guys are talking about this match, I feel like we watched two different matches. <laughs> <laughs> I got two beers for this match. Yep, so did I. Cool. I got 1.75, so I'm pretty close. Yeah. A lot of it, I mean, there was a decent portion of it that came from after the match because the uh, the New Age Outlaws used the belt the tag team title belt to kind of cheat to win. But then it almost backfires when uh, I don't know which one Hawker animal gives the German suplex to Billy Gunn. And then the ref only looks at, I think it was animals shoulders. Hawk. It was Hawk. Oh, it was Hawk. So only looks at Hawk's shoulders, which both of the guys shoulders are down, but he only looks at Hawks and counts three. And the entire time that they're, the match like ends up until like a few minutes later, you think that the LOD has won. And then all of a sudden they announce that the new and still the, the WWF Tag Team Champions, the New Age Outlaws. You're like, what the fuck? And yeah. uh, I got two ref bumps in that match as well. Yeah. And then I wrote controversy and underlined it three times so that I knew to talk about what you just talked about. Uh, yes, the controversy. Another thing that I noticed is that they now call the LOD finisher the Devastation Device. Yeah. I don't know where they just changed the title. Yeah. No idea there. So when did Sonny team up with LOD? Was that when they were the last pay-per-view? Yeah, WrestleMania. Didn't you watch while you were gone in Disney World? Yeah, I've watched a lot of wrestling since I've been gone. Since you've been gone! Uh, Kelly Clarkson says you're a liar. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have very much else from that match. Uh, Same. I thought we were getting a Jeff Jarrett match next. 
but it turns out he just sung us some country music. And I think that song could actually do pretty well on the radio now if you put the right name on it. I hated it. it. Well, that, I hate I mean, country music and I hated that song. I I like that country song, but um, I'm a, I'm a country. I thought the fan. entire time, the I mean, if you really paid attention, Jeff Jarrett was definitely lip singing, right? Oh, it was a hundred percent that he was not singing that song. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. I was like, I was watching. I was like, am I crazy or is he definitely lip singing? Which he definitely was. Him um, and the other dude were clearly lip singing. Sinking, lip syncing, because you sync same, up with the same. with the words. Same same. Yeah, totally. That's what we've been saying. Maybe your connection just couldn't tell what we were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, probably. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, Steve Blackman then comes out and starts to beat down Jeff Jarrett. And then Tennessee Lee fucking with the most disgusting fucking guitar shot I've ever seen to the back of the head of Steve Blackman. Unprotected. Yeah, the unprotected any sort of weapon shot. It will always be my favorite thing in wrestling that'll be the one thing that always keeps me going back to 90s slash early 2000s wrestling yeah sean spears would have been great in 90s wrestling yeah the chairman but yeah then we moved into the second to last match we had undertaker versus kane in the in uh i think only ever inferno match i think kane's done more than one yeah, there's no, possibly. There's no way, no way of knowing, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any way to like search it or anything, right? Probably Inferno not. Inferno matches. You could like, you could maybe ask Jeeves still, but I don't know. Does he still exist? Jeeves, I think he's unemployed. Yikes! I think he lost his job. Mr. Google is not unemployed. Dude, we were there's four time. instances of Inferno matches since 1998. Oh, the Undertaker versus Kane in 1998. The Undertaker defeated Kane again on WWF Raw is War in 1999. Triple H defeated Kane in a match in 1999. And then Kane defeated MVP in an MV, in a Inferno match in Armageddon 2006. So he's got, well, spoilers. Sorry um, to ruin that one for you. Yeah, dude. But, but now when we get to a, that, like three years from now, we're going to know who Armageddon in 2006 is at least four years from now. Yeah, so that's like a... 25% success rate for a match built for Kane. <laughs> He's one of four in a match made for Kane. Yikes. Anyways, uh, Jerry Lawler had some uh, marshmallows and hot dogs ready to go uh, <laughs> before the match started. I thought that was pretty funny. They were um, already on sticks ready to roast. Yeah. And then, th- honestly, throughout this entire thing, once the match started, until Kane went outside of the ring... This match was kind of not great. Yeah, I didn't think it was a very good match. And then it started to ramp up a little bit. Uh, Kane is on the outside of the ring. He tries walking away. Taker can't escape the ring. And Kane's walking up the ramp. And then Vader comes out and interferes in the match. Brings him back down. And then Taker does the patent and, like, jump over all the ropes and fucking almost kill himself move that was badass yeah it was awesome uh now everyone's on the outside you get some chair shots you get paul bearer interfering with a chair shot and then paul bearer like uh, uh, the slowest fucking runaway i've ever seen from anyone ever <laughs> it was fucking hilarious to see it was like him just 
Undertaker walked slow as it is, and Paul Bearer looked like he was frantically running away, and Taker was still catching up with him, just walking his normal speed. <laughs> like a uh, horror movie where, like, Jason or Freddy is able to run at three times the speed of normal run. Yeah, exactly. Um, then Taker puts a, uh, a drum through his head, busts him open, uh, throws a microphone or microphone stand into him. And then Kane just gets set on fire and the match yeah. is over. So uh, I legitimately did not think that we would get over a beer for this match, but I got beer and a qu- or beer and three quarters, three quarters. Yeah. Beer and three quarters. So and a half. So pretty close. Nice. Nice. And then we move on to the main event. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus dude. Love. Dude. Love. The entire night, they were talking about like something of epic proportions happening. Like Stone Cold comes out and threatens the timekeeper, and then Vince comes out and like kind of promises the epic proportion, whatever surprise thing. And yeah, that doesn't. I mean, if you count Vince McMahon getting absolutely fucking destroyed by a chair, unprotected, that was like like maybe the epic proportions that we saw of, of of the night. That was one of the most disgusting, unprotected chair shots I've ever seen. Like Cody Rhodes yeah. got it or something. Yeah, the though, yeah, the Cody and Sean Spears one. That one was ugly too. Um, I'm fairly certain. So when we when we get to the beer rating on this match, I'm fairly certain I missed some drinks, but we'll see. I probably did too. I don't um, Mike Kyoto goes down as he always does. Pretty much any match that he refed in the Attitude Era, and then. Uh, Vince McMahon tries to get involved a lot, like doesn't interfere, but like gets in Austin's face, telling him to stop, basically to tell him to stop being a bitch. And then uh, Austin grabs a chair, and as Vince is like helping up Dude Love or something like that, he he takes one to the face, and it's just like I said, just one of the sweetest unprotected chair shots I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Vince is down for the count, and then Austin hits a stunner on Dude Love. Counts his own one, two, three, because Mike Kyoto is still down and there's no backup ref. And then uh, I think it was, I think they said Jerry Briscoe like overturned it and called it a DQ. So yeah. te- technically, dude, love wins by DQ. There was there was one point in the match where Mankind was holding the chair like he was going to hit Stone Cold. You mean dude, love? Yep, that is Get it right. Dude, dude, love. Sorry, it's so it's so confusing. Fix your mind and your internet. Yeah. <laughs> so dude love, uh, dude love was holding the chair and then stone cold hit a move that looked very much like a Judas effect. I mean, that's not like a, that the Judas effect isn't like a crazy move that like no one's ever done. Before. It's just an it's just, elbow. It's just an, it's just a spinning yeah, elbow, but a spinning elbow. Yeah. I was, but I, I wrote it down. So it must've been pretty important to me. To yeah. you and you only. Yeah. I didn't notice that at all. Uh, I got a beer and a half here. Yeah, that's what I got. Weird. I got two beers. All right, we're gonna round up. Only because, like I, like I said, I thought that I missed beers in this match. So, yeah, I will totally. All right, so this that... is the only match I drank for. So, yikes. Yeah. So, uh, this match is pretty important for, I think, the Attitude Era in general, because. I mean, the Attitude Era was very, like, a lot of it was focused around, like, Stone Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon. 
Oh, it's really cool to see like the intro to that, like the first match where like Vince McMahon and Stone Cold had beef. Uh, you and they had that that clip with with uh, corporate Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, in in the suit, and then he takes it off, and that was that was in the video pack. I'm not sure if Peacock does it as as well as WWE Network did, where where they had like a- actual video packages, but. WWE Network had the the Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon video package, and uh, that video was definitely in it. What do you What do you mean by Peacock and WWE Network doing it better? This is before either of those things existed. What I'm saying is WWE Network. You know how they had those those video packages? It was like so specifically uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon. It was the feud of of those two people. And they had big moments from that. They had like the the rise of the rock stuff like that. Yeah. And I just don't know if Peacock does that like WWE Network does. Did. These are things that aired live during the pay per view. I don't. What are you God trying to it. fucking say? I'm saying they, I, they're just I, showing they're showing the pay per view like it was aired in 1998. I'm talking about the video packages that WWE Network put on. For pay-per-views, like, while it was a thing? Or from the past? From the past. Okay, yeah. Like, how... You're, the, how, you're how me. We're keep, lost. Keep trying, well, to, keep trying to sway me. I don't, you, go ahead. I'm saying that WWE Network used to put video packages together. And in one of those video packages, they featured that clip with Stone Cold coming in in a suit and then taking his suit off. And then I tried to say that Peacock might not do as good a job of putting those those packages together as WWE Network did. It's not that complicated. That's because Peacock doesn't have any video packages that they put together. Cuz you and can't that's... watch you can't watch like WWE stuff live. There's no like channel for WWE. You watch one thing and then if if it go like when you're done watching it, then you have to pick something else. It, there's no like autoplay for WWE. But the right. worst part about that is that it tries to play the following year's version of the same pay-per-view, and I had to yeah. stop it in advance. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. Ba- but- basically, what I was saying is Peacock is no good. I miss the WWE Network. The only In thing- other news... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, my favorite part about this match was that the Montreal Screwjab was, like, the most important part about this match, and they made fun of themselves the entire match. For knowing the Montreal screw drop six months ago happened. Oh yeah. <laughs> they would like recognize that Vince McMahon made choices on when the bell ringer like rang the bell. And it was the most prevalent part of the whole pay-per-view, let alone when the match ended. And it actually made a, you know, two plus beer match very enjoyable from a storytelling perspective. All in all, uh with that getting upgraded to two beers there in the end because that's not what i got uh this pay-per-view gets uh 13 and a quarter total beers not the greatest joe is frozen it's very much on the lower end of of the pay-per-views we watched oh wow he's just like he left he left and now he's back i didn't leave on purpose it closed me out right 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 right, how many beers did we get for the last match two beer and a half oh you said two yeah yeah I had two. Yeah, that's that's what I went with. So 13, okay. 13 and a quarter. Um, all right. So that wraps up Unforgiven in your house. Like we said, 
two five total beers, very low on the rankings. Could not tell you where it ranks because I haven't put it in the database yet. But you know what? Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll update that next week since um, oh, I didn't even talk about it. But this will be our long or our last like super long ish show. We're gonna start moving to two segments and just kind of spreading those out a little bit. But after last week's three hour long episode, I was like, I can't do this anymore. So we're moving to two segments next week. Um, so let's move into the weekly wrestling recap. We'll start with Friday night SmackDown. What do you guys want to talk about? Uh, first of all, I want to talk about the fact that I have not watched a lot of wrestling this week. (laughs) The look on Chad's face, (laughs) like he's, uh, sarcastically so surprised. All right. Um, I mean, I'll tell you what I have written down for SmackDown. Um, I have, I mean, just the fact that Bel Air and Banks was made official, which we saw coming, which I am very excited for. Like I said last week, one of, actually, no, I said the best women's WrestleMania match of all time. Which I will, I will stand by that. Um, one of the best women's matches of all time, possibly the best. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just really excited for that. They finally made that official. Um, the thing that we don't always talk, the thing that we said that we're not going to talk about, I want to talk about. Um, and the only thing that I want to say is, why the fuck are Tamina and Natalia still tag team champions? If Natalia, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with her, but she's hurt for sure. She got like so, surgery and shit, so she's out for weeks. Yeah, she's out for a while. So I don't know what the fuck is going on, but like. Uh, Tegan Knox, she she beat Tamina right this week. Yeah, um, yeah Tegan Knox went after Shotzi had a distraction with the cannon. Oh, that's right. So I I mean I don't know where they're going with this. The I mean the one place I could see them going is like a, a handicap match between Tamina and the other two. Which sign me the fuck out for that. No, <laughs> no thank you. Uh, it the, I mean the women's tag division is just not good. I'm sorry. It's just not, but yeah. I mean, it, it could get better if Knox and Shotzi become the tag team champions, but I've said this for weeks, but like my number one frustration with this whole thing is that the NXT women's tag is so good between EO and, uh, that what's girl. her name? Zoe Stark. And then yep. the way and Shotzi and Ember and, uh, Raquel and Dakota. I mean, they've had so many good tag teams that were legitimately partners for a period of time. Um, and they even have like, frustrating. Even, yeah. And they even have like a mid card of it with like Casey Catanzaro and uh, even those tag teams um, put on great matches every time. What's the other Casey Catanzaro and Caden uh, Carter. Yeah. Caden Carter is a great tag team, but yep. somehow the main roster can't find two women to put in the ring on the same team. That's not kind of just thrown together. I mean, even Knox and Shotzi is just thrown together. But at least I like them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're at least likable. Natalia is, like, sort of likable. Tamina, I'm sorry. It just, like... I've never Natalia. liked Natalia. I'm with Joe. I hate Natalia. Yeah, she's just not a good... Boring. She's a good... She's a, she's a good wrestler, but... My wife likes Natalia because she's on Total Divas. <laughs> Do they even still air that? Or is it over? Yes. Oh, oh dear. Oh dear! I think I think the Bellas one is over, right? No, the Bellas still are on there. Oh wow! Interesting. 
total Bellas, if you didn't know. My wife just yelled across the house to let me know total Bellas is is their own show. Yeah, we knew. I mean, come on. Everyone knows that. Duh. It's on E every week. Okay. Well, anyways, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. And then uh, I want to talk about Finn Balor. Yeah, basically this whole main event scene with these these four that were involved in the contract signing last week, like where they're going with that. So um, Finn Balor and, and uh, Sadman Corbin had a match this week. And I mean, Corbin Corbin's just had himself quite the two months here since he lost his crown. Yeah, what's real up? quick to, to 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 throw off. I've been a Baron Corbin fan since NXT. Even when he's a bad guy, I was like the lone guy who was a Baron Corbin fan. You I'm, were the lone wolf. <laughs> I was the lone wolf of Baron Corbin fans, so per se. Um, I've always loved Baron Corbin in the ring. I've always loved him as a bad guy. This sad band gimmick. This is a plus fucking casting. <laughs> I love it. I fucking I love, love it. it. I'm loving it. I'm I'm really hoping, like I said a few weeks ago, like I thought that it would like immediately start to make him a sympathetic character and would help him turn face, but it looks like that's not happening yet. I think they're gonna just put him more towards rock bottom before they finally turn him face, but I really do hope they turn him face. Um that and the fact that Finn Balor keeps inserting himself in the main event picture here, it has me completely interested in everything going on in the SmackDown main event scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole the whole stuff with the contract signing last week with Cena basically breaking all the unwritten rules. Uh, I mean, you kind of knew something weird was going to happen last week, and then um, and then it did. So Finn Finn kind of called out Baron Corbin. Then they had their match, and then in the same promo before their match happened, uh, he called out like Ben. Then um, he's going to go towards the Universal Championship, but before that, he's got a score to settle with John Cena. So maybe we'll see it like a Cena and Finn Balor match. Hell yeah. Possibly at the pay-per-view afterwards, which I don't know what that'll be, but probably like extreme rules. They already announced it. Oh, is it extreme rules? It's extreme rules. There we go. Maybe we'll do that. Oh, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, Joe reset his internet and he still doesn't fucking, he can't, he still can't figure it out. Oh, is that? Yeah, that was a really good point you just made there, Joe. We didn't hear it. We didn't hear anything you said. I said, hopefully, it's a horror show. No, Jesus Christ, no. (laughs) Please not. Please not. Unless unless that means Bray Wyatt comes back. (laughs) Is there really any chance like that Bray Wyatt gets the Samoa Joe treatment and gets re-signed? With the fan backlash, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I I mean, the only other one that's comparable to Samoa Joe was Aleister Black, which he's already somewhere else. So uh, Bray Wyatt has had, I think, the most fan backlash out of any release to this date. So if anyone gets re-signed out of the releases, it's probably him. Uh there's also like the conspiracy theory that I Man. talked about last week where like people are like, well, they released, they released Bray Wyatt, but they didn't release the fiend. Did you see what happened on raw? They uh, with a promo with stone cold, like talking about how much he liked the fiend. Oh, not. it wasn't on TV. It was only in the arena, but there was a promo with the fiend still in it. Hmm. I did not see that. Interesting. Well, maybe, Maybe slash hopefully we see him soon then. I mean, 
I would prefer not to wait 90 days to see him show up in most likely AEW. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. All right. Monday Night Raw. Um, first thing, Randy Orton is back. And, yeah, I'm very excited for that. RK Bro, initially, you know, we were, I was like, awesome, RK Bro. Probably see them challenge for the tag titles at SummerSlam. And then the end of the show happened, and Orton gives an RKO to Riddle. Now I don't know what to do with my fucking life. Uh, I might be solo here, but I hate Matt Riddle with a fiery passion. So I'm happy to see RK bro done. I am happy RKO is moving on from Matt Riddle. Yeah. I mean, everyone, I mean, people who hate Riddle is for very obvious reasons that we won't get into. Uh, if you know the sexual story, assault. Sure. I was going to say, if you know the story, you know it. If you don't, you can Google it. But Chad just goes ahead and says, yep, sexual assault. <laughs> so, yeah, alleged. I'll say alleged. Got to say that for legal purposes, you know. I also just hate his in-ring move set. The only thing I like about his move set is when he comes into the ring and throws the flip-flops in the crowd. I love that. Oh, and I hate the, everything else. Do you like the doves? The, the dove, the fake, like, 3D <laughs> image to doves. No, just the flip-flops in the crowd. That's all I really like. Yeah, the doves. The, the doves move. The doves is probably the worst, like 3D, whatever the fuck you call those things that that WWE is inserted into entrances. The new day pancakes were better. Yeah. Um, I would say the other really bad one is Romans right now, where like I, I the, the dude. Yeah, just, just it's it's just a 3D thing of him doing the like the hoo thing before he does a spear. It's just not good. But, yeah, the doves are bad. Speaking of bad, uh, the rest of Raw. Am I right? <laughs> I got to say, Raw continues to struggle with finding mid-card support. Like, Raw, SmackDown's got, you know, Apollo Crews really killing it right now on SmackDown. But Raw is struggling to find Sheamus a legitimately mid-card spot. Damian Priest beats John Morrison on Raw which I'm happy with Damian Priest getting a push. I enjoy the Archer of Infamy, but at the same time, what is the storyline between Archer of Infamy and Sheamus? There's not really one there. Uh, Damian uh, Priest Damian. wants the championship. That's really it. Yeah. Boring. I want the championship. Give me a chance. You would lose. I'd like to see that. <laughs> yeah, I would too. <laughs> oh, shit. Don't that worry. Be... T-Bar won a match on Raw, though, so we can talk about that if you want to. No, I'd prefer not to. I'd prefer <laughs> to just talk about the big things, which on Raw, there really is not a whole lot. It's my um, point. Yeah. Uh, Baron Corbin showed up on Raw. They're, uh, they're starting... Yeah, they, they've once again brought up this, like, brand uh, interchange, whatever the fuck, and it's like, we can only do this this many times a year. And so then, here's Baron Corbin. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what we wanted to see. He takes an L to Drew McIntyre real quick. Um, I thought the other funny thing was like the, this whole time where he's been begging for money, he's like gotten like some cash and then it's gotten taken away. And then this time he's just like, Drew, I just need $100,000. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, the only other thing that I want to talk about from Raw is, well, I guess, two things. Uh, one, 
Miz Miz is back. He stood up out of his wheelchair and mm-hmm. and ran and ran away. So that's something noteworthy there. Goes in the uh, same thing with the Damian Priest Sheamus thing. It's like uh, I think John Morrison at some point is going to get a title shot after Damian Priest and Miz is going to be involved. Yeah, and then the other thing is the uh, the carrying cross stuff. Like <laughs> he he won this week, but like carrying cross on the main roster compared to carrying cross on NXT is just two two different two completely different people and it's just it him on the main roster is just not the same it's the there's no mystique to the entrance there's nothing there's just really like nothing there he's bland he's so bland like yeah and jeff hardy has his new music back so jeff hardy is like a crowd favorite he's my personal favorite of all time and he's sitting there with his new music his, his old music back and found fans want him to be good. And then here comes Karrion Cross, just bland and like, oh, he's a six foot eight guy that, you know, is mysterious, you know, the Vince McMahon mold. And then he beats Jeff Hardy again. I'm pretty sure he's definitely not six foot eight. He's he's a very Vince McMahon esque. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Just a bold <laughs> guy that wears a fucking speedo. He has a look. He he's got the look. It's just like there's a lot missing from his presentation on the main roster is just not good. Hopefully He's they fix it. Four, you're right. Yeah, I was gonna say hopefully they fix it. Uh his name is Kevin. <laughs> is it Kevin Cross? It's Kevin Kozar. <laughs> it's lame. Ignore that. Yeah, don't yeah, don't worry. I'll I'll, I'll, yeah, uh, I'll cut that. I'll cut that. You never edit that out. I might actually just because of the children in the background, but you know you never know you never know what i'm actually going to cut and what i'm not i just say i'm going to cut everything moving on to nxt because raw was absolute ass um let's see i think the first thing that i have written down is that grimes and la night three is set for takeover 36 uh if la night wins this time then Ted DiBiase has to be LA Knight's butler. I don't know if that's like combined with Grimes or if it's just like he takes over the butler spot and then Grimes is free. I'm not really sure. I think it's probably just Million Dollar Man would just become the butler and that's kind of like the uh, the out that Cameron Grimes would get that they kind of spoke of last week when they spoke to each other like face-to-face. But we'll have to wait and see. And then, obviously, that that matches for the Million Dollar Championship once again. Uh, LA Knight's already beaten him twice. So, I feel like that one's pretty easy to predict. But, well, you know, we'll talk about that next week. When we do I actually predict. have three things before the LA Knight thing. Because NXT is my favorite show. Yeah. Okay. One, Saray loses her first match on NXT to Dakota Kai. So, surprising. Who was, who was she supposed to face? Ember Moon? It was a Dakota Kai versus Ember Moon all week long. And then the show started and they said Ember Moon was not cleared for competition. Right. Because they're they're taping these, right? So like they they can advertise what's coming. So they on the on the TV taping, they 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 said, right, Ember Moon. So it was originally supposed to be Ember Moon versus Saray, which I think Saray probably would have won. But they they end up inserting Dakota Kai, which who is the number one contender for 
the championship. So I don't think I, I think that just comes with the, the with the spot of like they don't want her to lose. My expectation was that Dakota Kai was gonna get interfere with Raquel Gonzalez and Saray was gonna stay undefeated, but they let Dakota Kai kind of beat Saray clean. Yeah, yeah, they did. Kind of surprising. And then the the first of the multiple skits throughout the night of the date between Dexter Loomis and uh, Indy Hartwell, which was the best skit of the week, I would say. The index skits. Yeah, I thought all of them were fantastic. Just and then best. I got to be honest, I, I absolutely love Hit Row. I'm a huge Hit Row fan right now. And their promo hit right before the uh, LA Night match. Yep. Huge hit row fan. I think it's so, a great stable. Yeah, I don't know what match they're gonna go with at Takeover. Probably gonna be Swerve versus um, Escobar for the North American Championship. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. I don't know if that's official yet, but um, the the only other thing I could think of is doing a six man tag, just generic six man tag for no championships. But yeah, I would agree with you guys though. Y'all talked about weeks ago that I think that. We're going to a war games with those with those teams. And I would be surprised if uh, they went with that early. So I think it's going to be one on one swerve versus uh, Escobar, which in the past has been a great match. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If they are going to go with that on war games, then, yeah, you probably don't want the six man thing. Um, I still don't know who that other team would be or if they're going to do like three, three teams of three, maybe four teams of three, which would be insane. Cause like you have Imperium there as well, plus uh, the Pete Dunn team, the Pete Dunn team. Yeah, I don't know. What, do they even have a name, or is it just Pete Dunn's team? Uh, Pete Dunn's team. Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. <laughs> just call it Pete Dunn's team. Um, but yeah, that they legitimately have like a couple, like a, a bunch of three man teams, three man, three men or more teams that could be inserted into War Games this November, which has me very excited for that. Joe's frozen again. Oh, here he's gone. <laughs> Look how stupid his face looks. I will say right after that LA Knight team, uh, LA Knight match where they uh, announced the LA Knight match, they had the Adam Cole promo where they announced a two out of three falls match. Yep. Very excited. Yeah, so at TakeOver 36, we're going to have O'Reilly. Cole O'Reilly 3, um, they each, they're doing a two out of three falls match where the two of them got to pick the first two falls. So, O'Reilly gets the first, got to pick the first match, which they're just going to do a regular one-on-one match. Adam Cole got to pick the second fall, which he picked a street fight. And then William Regal got to pick the last one if it goes to it, which, I mean, I can't ever remember a two out of three falls match that didn't go to the third fall and they're doing a steel cage. So yeah, that's, that's going to be wonderful uh, at takeover 36. I, I think we're, I mean, we're really ramping up to see possibly one of the best cards on paper in TakeOver history, I think. And that's like coming out of, like with that coming with the news with all the NXT stuff this week, this that came out last weekend. So like I said, I, I, I think that all the NXT stuff is not going to go into effect until after TakeOver 36. You'll get a bunch of hype around TakeOver 36. You'll get an like one of the best TakeOvers of all time to kind of leave the interest there in NXT. And then the, the, the month after that, they really start, you really start to see the changes go into effect. Younger. When is the draft October? 
Well, I think you're going to see a lot of move up from the draft. If, if Karrion Cross doesn't win the, the maintain the title, I think that's an obvious move there. And then you see, start seeing a lot of the older guys moving up to the main card or, or not maintaining contract for that NXT movie you're talking about. Yeah. And that's going to be something that we kind of, I think in the future, like the, the, the show that we do before the draft, we'll kind of talk about all these, all those guys on NXT that have been there for forever. Do they stay, do that? Like, are they staying on NXT? Or are they getting called up? Or are they getting released? Like you've got Cole O'Reilly, um, strong, Johnny. uh, Champa, Johnny fucking Walter, Timmy, truthless, Timmy. Timothy Thatcher. I don't know how old he is, but hell is he? Um, Joe's trying to say something. What's what's that, Joe? I said, hell, Samoa Joe doesn't really meet the mold of their new NXT. And that's making me very scared for my prediction at TakeOver. But yeah. Same. Yeah. We'll see. I think, but I think, I think with Karen Cross showing up on Raw, there's only one choice for that match. I think so, too. I think I think most, like, a few of those big big matches at takeover are going to be pretty predictable, but we'll see other stuff. We had, uh, I guess the last thing I had for, or no, two more things because the, the, the one thing I want to get to before the main event, which was fucking amazing. Uh, Odyssey Jones, my boy in the breakout tournament is in the finals and I'm, I'm loving it. The, the breakout tournament so far has not really given us a great match yet, but Odyssey Jones looks like the fans are backing him there. And I would, I would think that Duke Hudson is going to win next week and not um, Carmelo Hayes, right? That's who he's taking on. Yep. So I, I would think that it will be Duke Hudson and Odyssey Jones in the finals, but I, I hope my, my heart's going to like, if, if we were doing predictions for that final match, which I think is going to be Duke Hudson and Odyssey Jones, like I said, it, my heart would say Odyssey Jones, but I think my head is going Duke Hudson, but we'll see. I think they're going to put that match at, rest, at uh, turnover, TakeOver 36, and either Carmelo Hayes or Duke Hudson would be a great matchup for Odyssey Jones, so I'm very excited for the final. Yeah, same. And then we had the the main event, which got built to earlier in the night, um, Ilya Dragunov versus Pete Dunn. Uh, this was one, the, probably TV match of the week. I think, I think bar none, like TV match of the week. I can't think of any. I mean, we haven't talked about AEW yet, but there's only one match on AEW, and really that that even comes close. And it's really just because of one person showing the fuck out. Nothing uh, comes close. Yeah, I don't think anything really comes close. So I think this is your match of the week here. Pete Dunn, Ilya Dragunov. Ilya Dragunov cannot have a bad match, man. I'm telling you right now. Remember his match against Finn Balor? His first match against Walter? Ilya Dragunov cannot have a bad match. Yeah, and it just makes me more and more excited. Like, it, I'm glad that they did this. I'm not glad that they had him lose. But I'm glad that they had him on NXT this week to kind of show the audience that watches nxt on a weekly basis versus like because like i don't watch nxt uk really at all uh so it really gives it really puts him in that that spotlight on on usa network where more people can see how good of a match he can put on but i think the wrong the wrong winner was chosen here unless and of course you said last week that you went back and had to watch the Ilya dragon versus walter match 
after you heard about how great it was. Same thing for me. I went back and watched it afterwards. But Ilya Dragunov needs that time with the American audience to make that match get sold on the takeover card. But it's going to be the show stealer. Oh, for sure. I think I think the, the good move that they did here was have him on TV. I just think that the wrong person won here. They can't undersell Pete Dunn with how they want to go with Pete Dunn moving forward. Yeah, it's just the it's just like, you know, if Ilya Dragunov is your number one contender and then Pete Dunn beats him, it's just like what are what are we doing? But then I guess that kind of sets up like if if Dragunov is gonna be the person that unseats or dethrones Walter as the UK champion here at Takeover 36, then there's your next challenger. And then Walter can probably move to the main roster because he also doesn't fit the alleged new mold of NXT. He's a big guy, but he's old. Yep. So that's all I had for NXT. And then uh then we had AEW and I just wanted to start with the first match. This was like the one, this was probably your number two match of the week. Uh, the six man tag Dante Martin. And I already forget who his tag team partners were. Um, help. They took on the elite. Uh, Dante uh, yeah. Dante Martin and Matt and Mike Seidel. Dante Martin was the fucking MVP of this match. Despite losing it was. It was a fucking showing. It was a. It was a. It was a coming out party for him. He, he showed out here. Like we've I, seen Dante Martin before, and he's been great, but not as amazing as he was in that match. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it to me, and like I kind of I agree. Is like the new king of the ropes. Like some of the moves that he was doing here, like it was just moves I've never seen before. Even like the uh, even like a hurricane rana. Like he he did like a twist in the air to give Omega a hurricane rana in the middle of the match. And it was just like, he, it wasn't like your generic hurricane Rana. He like jumped up, did a twist, like full 180 in the air and then grabbed his head with his legs. And I was just like, Whoa. And that was just like one of the small things that he did in the match. But it was like everything he did during this match was insane. It was so good. I remember at one point he was literally he jumped on the outside, took down both the young bucks, then came in and did a, a springboard, a springboard move on Kenny Omega. And I was like, dude, this guy is absolutely destroying this match. And I'm glad we're finally getting some uh, new talent that's not WWE related. Those, you know, those guys that have been brung up in the AEW system getting their shot on AEW. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was very yeah. good. And then after the match, we have Christian Cage. Well, I guess during the match they they confirmed it, but we're having Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship at All Out, and uh, and then additionally, is it is it tonight at Rampage or is it next week that they're facing each other for the TNA or the Impact World Championship? Tonight, yeah. So tonight. they're face, they're facing off tonight, which I'm glad we're getting this before the match at All Out because I can almost guarantee you. Uh, of who I'm picking for the match at all out. But the one tonight, I'm I'm very much like, I have no idea who's going to win just because it's the Impact World Championship. I think there's a good chance that uh, with Christian Cage's back history on Impact, and here's a little uh, hint for you. I went to impactshop.com recently because I watch a lot of Impact Wrestling, and they have Christian Cage pro, uh, stuff on sale that there's a good chance maybe Impact allows Christian Cage to take it off 
for some reason, but there's interference that may be uh, all out related. Ooh, huh? That's interesting. I think with you saying that, the fact that they have mer- Cage's merch on Impact Impact dot or like the Impact Wrestling shop, I th- I think I'm sold. I think he's winning tonight. I think he's going to win the championship tonight, uh, and then I think there's going to be shenanigans at all out. Shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. Something that gets you to to Hangman eventually. Yeah, I I think I think uh, just with with Hangman having having a kid. And the punk and Brian Danielson news and all that stuff, like with with new huge names coming into all or AEW, like they just found like early, like a little too little too late that like this was not the match that they wanted to do, and this is a, a story that they can prolong a little bit longer, and it can still be good. So I mean, I this whole time like. Before um, Double or Nothing, I was like, oh, man, they might finally do Page and Omega. And then before this, I was like, oh, man, they're finally doing Page and Omega because they finally did come face to face. And then now it's not happening. So here's hoping that it happens at full gear in November. Fingers crossed for that one. Um, I still like I don't think Omega is going to drop the title until it's Hangman Page facing him. Uh, You'll get Hangman Page to be the first person to kick out of the one winged angel. It almost has to be, but the one thing that I I laughed at was I saw a tweet this week that was like, because like all the people that there's a bunch of people online that are like super pro WWE and anti AEW, which I'm I'm a fan of everything. There's there's certain things that I like more than Raw is definitely the worst out of the four, but AEW, SmackDown, and NXT are very much fun to watch on a week to week basis. Uh, there's people online like comparing like Christian Cage coming in and challenging Omega to Goldberg coming in and challenging Lashley for the WWE championship. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? Like Christian Cage is there as a full-timer right now. Like he's there to stay. He's there to be a full-time wrestler. And Goldberg is on this, like Joe said a few weeks ago, this two match per year contract getting paid ridiculous amounts of money that they could have given to any of these people that they've been releasing. You say that, but I, I think my point to, to counteract you on this one is that uh, a lot of the frustration on Goldberg is that we've seen him so often, so little of a performance that have we seen anything from Christian Cage since he's come back that like, and I love Christian Cage. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't lost, right? I get it, but who is he facing? He's facing an old decrepit Matt Hardy stuff like that. Have we said anything from Christian Cage that says like a main event of all out their number, their WrestleMania is going to be a great match with Kenny Omega or is Christian Cage kind of a letdown from what AEW fans were looking for? I think Christian's kind of been a letdown. I think it, I think that's fair. I think it's a letdown compared to what Page and Omega could have been. I I I think it's a letdown compared to what Christian used to be able to put on. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're talking seven years later after he retired. So the same with Edge when he came back. I mean, Edge just put on good matches, but has Edge matches been since he come back one on one been like Edge quality, or have they been kind of a letdown? Well, I mean, Edge, Edge, WrestleMania Edge, match. Edge and Rhett, Randy Orton put on the greatest wrestling match of the year. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, or the greatest wrestling match ever. Ever, yeah. Good, not great. I think I think the WrestleMania match and the match at Money in the Bank were very good. 
with Edge and Edge and Reigns and Edge Reigns and Brian. I think those were both very good matches. Yeah, the the last Edge and Reigns match was very good. And they've both been very very high in beer ratings. Has so. A single Christian match been on your fucking radar? Though. I don't know. I think the only the only pay per view match that I like that I've actually like counted for that Christian's been involved in was that battle royal that he no he didn't win. Jungle Boy won. He lost to Jungle Boy, yeah. and it got like three something. Yeah, he hasn't had like a one on one pay per view match yet. I I think the I think with me like the jury's still out. I think we'll see tonight. Like I think tonight is a big like prove it moment for him prove that you still belong here and i i mean in my opinion like if edge if edge could christian can not to say that like they i don't i don't think they were ever on the same level like edge had a much better career than christian did but that's not to say that christian was a bad wrestler in any right wait so so christian's last two pay-per-view matches are still the royal rumble and the battle royal well, which royal rumble was it this year or last this, year? This, year this year he was at this year's royal rumble yeah and then he was at Double or not. Battle Royale. Yeah. So I don't know. There's nothing he's done on AEW is like overly impressed me. Like, I'm not saying I dislike him because I've always been a bigger Christian fan than I am an Edge fan, but I have never seen, I haven't seen anything from Christian in AEW that's like overly impressed me versus been like, oh, thank God he won, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like I said, maybe, I mean, we'll, we'll see it tonight. Um, And then the last thing I had for AEW was the main event. Uh, fourth flavor of Jericho. Jericho wins as pretty much probably everyone expected. Uh, he's facing MJF next week in the fifth labor of Jericho, which I thought there was going to be five separate matches. And then after the fifth match, they would, they would have a match. So this kind of threw me, this kind of threw me for a loop. Cause I, I, like I said, I thought it was all leading to probably a match at all out, but now they're having a match next week. The stipulation that MJF set up was he can't use his Judas entrance music and he can't use the Judas effect at all. So there's been some speculation online that like that he'll get like that Jericho will get like break the walls down as his entrance music, which is like no fucking way that he's going to get that. (laughs) WWE WWE owns the shit out of that for sure. So I don't know what he's going to do. Or like what music he's gonna have, or if he will Maybe have any. Maybe he gets the jacket back, though. You know, the bright sparkling jacket. Yeah, I mean, it could be a debut of a new char- like a new type of character for Jericho. You make the list. I, if we could ever get another run of the list of Jericho, I would be so happy. That was my favorite Jericho. Favorite of all time. Yes. Um, this kind of goes into the first or. One of the listener questions that I had, so I'll ask it now. Uh, is this leading towards uh, a, a sort of retirement for Jericho, do you think? Or is he just going to keep going full-time after this? I think he's going on. I, I don't know if it's a retirement, but I think he'll go on tour with Fozzie. I think it would be a semi-retirement. You know, like one of those things where he becomes a part-timer. I think so, too. He's, yeah. he's facing major characters from his past. It's not just like simple Wardlow, Sean Spears. The the other two matches were important. It's people he on his bucket list or people he cared about in his past, which tells to me semi retirement, maybe a part timer. And he's yeah. already announced as a uh, commentator for Rampage. So. Yeah, so he's gonna yeah, like yeah, exactly. That's one of the things that I thought was like he's he's the, one of the uh, four announcers for Rampage that debuts tonight. 
And yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think it's going to be his transition, his start to his transition into more of a part-timer. I mean, he's 50 years old. So, and he definitely does. He still has it on the mic. He just, he, he can still bring it in the ring. He just can't bring it like he used to. Nothing has really given me like a, oh my God, Chris Jericho match in a while. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I enjoy Chris Jericho still. I love Chris Jericho, but like nothing about Chris Jericho in the last like few years of impact has been like, oh, oh my God, Chris Jericho had this match, you know? You mean AEW? That's what I meant. <laughs> Speaking of AEW, did you guys have anything else for Wednesday night? No. Joe, you were really, really Joe, you were really quiet for the uh, weekly wrestling recap there, bud. Yeah, my internet's unstable. Oh, yeah, okay. That was your reasoning? Not because you didn't watch anything? No, that's not the reason I was quiet. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to get into listener questions here. Um, so I've got one wrestling-related question, and then I'll have you guys... Uh, I'm going to do something new with the, uh, the theoretical questions. I'll have you guys pick between uh, two numbers here, and that's just how many questions I have left. So we'll start with the wrestling question. What is your favorite NXT TakeOver match ever? I'll take this first if you want. Go ahead. So, um, I think the two out of three falls match between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano is my favorite. Ooh. And then it's a close second to Aleister Black versus Velveteen Dream. Remember, oh, like, the same was so good. I was so thinking those that, actually. Two, those two hold, like, a sp- special part of my mind of, like, oh, my God, good. There, the the one that I'm gonna pick is because it holds a special place in my mind. Also, not the two out of three falls match I thought you were gonna pick because I had totally forgotten about the Cole and Gargano match. I think it's because I was underway for that, and so I didn't watch it live. So it's like a, a lot of things. Like my favorite matches of all time is because I watched it live and like didn't know what was gonna happen until I saw it. Like when you watch something live, it just has a different hit to it, you know? Yeah, Joe. Yeah, so I was definitely thinking about the Aleister Black Velveteen Dream match, uh, but now you've already said that. The other thing that I had in my brain was uh, was the War Games match with Pete Dunn, Ricochet, and the War Raiders versus mm-hmm. the Undisputed Era. So good. Yep. I think that one, that one, and the first one are very, very close in quality. I think that one does edge out the first one just a, a hair, but yeah. Very much agree there. Um, my favorite one of all time, and it's like I said, it's strictly just because of like watching it live, and it was like just like this holy shit moment. Takeover Dallas, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura, mm. debut of Shinsuke Nakamura. It was only like a 12 or f- to 14 minute match, but god damn, like the fucking the debut of Shinsuke Nakamura. And the crowd going absolutely insane for him with the like singing along to the entrance music, even after it went off and letting that go for a few minutes and just kind of letting the moment build while like before they started the match and just the crowd going absolutely insane. And then they go on and put on a hell of a match. You knew the whole time Shinsuke was going to win. And you kind of had this feeling that it would be Sami Zayn's last NXT match. And it just built it, it was just built and built and built. And I thought it was just, in my opinion, it's, it's one of my favorites to go back and watch. I, I think, I mean, that entire takeover, I thought is, is one of my favorites to go back and watch. Cause I think the match that came on before that was the uh, American alpha finally 
winning the NXT Tag oh. Team Championships. And then and I Kevin think Kevin Owens was the title holder at that point, right? I think that was a Balor. No, no, no. Kevin Owens was on was in the the Intercontinental Ladder match where um, Zack Ryder won. Mm. So I think that was a Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe. Uh, oh, okay. NXT Championship match, and then like I think um, I'm fairly certain that was a. I'm pretty sure Bailey Oscar. Like it, it was just an all around good NXT takeover. I, sh- I mean, I probably should have just like pulled it up, but I could be completely wrong with some of the matches. But yeah, but I mean, it's really just like w- that match in particular, one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, it was uh, it was Bailey versus Oscar, Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor, Austin Aries versus Baron Corbin. Oh yeah, that was also I think Aries's. Uh, debut match like he hadn't debuted he had already debuted but that was his first match in nxt it was american alpha versus revival it was a damn good that's a good show yeah great show and then obviously like favorite from that night nakamura and zane yeah excellent excellent match yeah all right sweet um next question uh let's see how many do i have uh chad pick a number between one and seven Three. Three it is. All right. Uh, do, uh, do vegetarians eat animal crackers? Mm. Mm. Important question. <laughs> these, um, are, these are the hard-hitting questions. These are the hard-hitting journalist questions that people are just dying to know the answer to. Uh, me and my wife have best friends of ours that are vegetarians, almost vegans. You know, they eat a lot of that Beyond Meat kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Um. I've never seen their kids eating animal crackers. Um, eat a lot of those anti-whatever-her-nuts-name uh, goldfish-style brand. Uh, they eat a lot of that organic stuff. I'm going to say no. They don't eat animal crackers. Joe? I think, it's, I think that's controversial at, at, the, at the minimum, you know? Like, I think as a principle, they would not eat animal crackers. But obviously they could if they wanted to there's nothing animal about them except for the shape yeah totally possible i'm saying that if if a if a if a vegetarian vegan was offered animal crackers that they would eat it before they would eat a steak sandwich like gun to your head you have to eat this uh cracker shaped like a giraffe or this burger they would eat the cracker shaped like a giraffe oh duh Uh, every every time (laughs) yeah i i agree I legitimately don't know the answer to the question though. Like I would say probably not just based on values. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's your answer to the, your, your hard hitting journalism question there. All right. So next we are moving into our next installment of the drunk dudes draft. So this week we are doing our first ever wrestling related draft. So this week, what we have to draft, uh, we're doing categories again. So each of us, it's going to be the, the three of us. We're going to do five rounds. Each of us has to draft one male wrestler, one female wrestler, one tag team, one announcer, or and one uh, manager. So I think for a lot of these, there's like a very obvious top two, sometimes a very obvious top three. Um. But to get into the results of last week's draft, 
So with last week's draft, uh, we had myself, Dewey, Brooks, and Kevin uh, drafting fast food. Uh, Dewey came in last place. A lot of people gave some backlash saying that his draft was absolute trash for one drafting Panda Express number one overall and also drafting Panera and Starbucks. Uh, he got 0% of the vote, got absolutely zero votes. Uh, Kevin came in third place with 11% of the vote. Brooks came in second place with 33% of the vote. And I ran away with it with 56% of the vote. So I will be picking the order. What, you, what was your picks? Uh, I had Chick-fil-A, Five Guys, Pizza Hut, Sheets, and Cookout. Hmm. I got lots of votes because I that, a lot of people saw Cookout as a steal in the fifth round. Cookout's trash. Whoa. I really expected that to be Andy's Andy's draft, honestly. I was Andy, surprised. Oh, Andy wasn't a Andy drafter. wasn't Andy wasn't a part of okay, it. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I didn't want to I didn't want to do the draft. I didn't I didn't want to have Andy on the draft and not be able to hear him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna pick this week's order. Uh so this one's tough because I think there's a very obvious like one, two. So I'm going to put myself in one of those first two picks. It just depends on who I want or if I'll just see who picks first and let them fall to me. Uh, I'm going to go first. Joe is going to go second and Chad's going to go third. All right. So uh, like I said, I think there's a very obvious one, two here. And I think both of these guys could go in whatever order that you would like them to go. But I'm just going to go with the one that I enjoyed watching the most. Uh, and I'm, I'm picking this one here because I think this is one, one or one, two, depending on how you view it. I think they're both equal. And then I think the rest of the categories, you can get a lot of value later in the draft. But I would be remiss if I didn't get one of these two guys. But I'm going to take Stone Cold Steve Austin as number one overall pick in the draft. Ooh. All right. Um, I mean, there's just, there's, it was either him or probably who Joe's going to pick. And then Chad, you could then wait. I mean, you, you don't have to pick, it doesn't have to be like first round as men. Second round yeah, there's of women. So much value at a man pick. There's so many champions that you could pick there that I I decided very early on, no matter what you told me, that I was probably gonna wait till the men's pick on that one. Yeah, I just I couldn't go without picking one of them. So yeah. I Ladies and gentlemen, I'm actually not going to pick a wrestler at this point. I'm gonna pick a manager, well, and that manager is picking. Paul Heyman. I I can't pass up Paul Heyman here. He was number one on my manager pick. He was yeah. not number one on my manager pick. I'll just say that right now. All right. Well, good for you. You didn't lose out on your manager then. I mean, not yet, but I probably will. I just think, I think, yes, that with what Chad said, yes, there's a lot of depth here with the men wrestlers, but there there's just so much distance between Austin and the other guy balls between those two and number three for, if you're talking like all time and I don't know, maybe it's also just a little bit of a pander. I want people to pick my draft. I want to win again. Well, you shouldn't so. have picked stone cold. Number one, then 
We'll see. You go ahead and go ahead and take them then, Chad. All right. With the uh, third pick in the draft, I'm picking the only tag team I even had on my list. Um, you know me at all. You know my number one favorite wrestler of all time. And you know who I'm going to pick with my number one tag team of all time. Yep. It's going to be the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Yep. The best tag team of all time, including my favorite wrestler of all time, Jeff Hardy. Yeah, they were one of, I mean, I only had to make a list three deep for every category and they were on my lists, which means, yes, they are. You can either view them as the best like Chad does or one of the best tag teams of all time. And I, I think it's just highly debatable. I think uh, on any given day, you could, depending on what match you're watching, they are the best tag team of all time. Yep. So, all right, uh, snaking around, Chad, you can get, you can take your second round pick here. All right. I only had two managers that I really felt were top notch on my list. So I'm going to go manager with my second pick Fuck. with uh, my first pick getting exactly who I wanted. The Hardy boys. I'm going to go with my number two manager of all time. I'm going to go Paul bearer as my Whoa. number two pick and my, my number two manager on my list before I uh, got too deep. I didn't want to go, you know, too far into managers and having to, Pick like a Vicky Guerrero or something stupid. Yeah. Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer was a terrible manager. He was a manager that was legendary. Yeah, that's true. But a terrible manager overall. I was struggling to find a third manager. Um, Didn't even think about Paul Bearer. So did not, didn't make my, didn't make my top three, honestly. Paul Bearer is a fucking legend. So, I mean, now I can wait really, now I can wait a really long time to pick managers. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Um, I, I very much appreciate that. Yeah, so that's me. Uh, I'm going with tag teams as well. I'm oh, nice. getting the Young Bucks out of the way. <laughs> what? They are one of the best tag teams. I, I Yeah, they are. Not on my I, list. Not on my list, yeah. Yeah, because I'm not pandering like you. The Dudleys? Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, whoa. Let's not uh let's not start naming names that haven't been you drafted there. You want to pick a name that people recognize? Rick a Rick a remix. I'm picking the Young Bucks in this stupid pick. Joe, you could have gotten the Young Bucks in the fifth round, there, bud. <laughs> just like Bang Bang What's Shrimp, that? just like Bang Bang Shrimp, could have gotten Young Bucks in the fifth round. Not yeah. to say, not I'm to not say, the young, I'm not saying you're, the Young Bucks. I'm not saying the Young Bucks are not a fucking, like, top, I think top two tag team. They're just not the Hardys, you know? They're not. I just don't think they're best. I don't think they're the GOAT or, like, even in top three GOAT status yet. I just, I think they right. will be. But but you're you're know. going, like, you're trying to win the draft, so you're. you're And, and you're clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's frozen again. He's either frozen or really sad. I can't tell. <laughs> he's sad because he picked the Young Bucks in the fucking second round. Well, that just opened up a fucking hell of a lot for me. Yeah. Because now I can wait until the fourth and fifth round to pick my tag team and my manager, which leaves me wide open to pick a woman and my announcer. Joe is gone. <laughs> Joe just left. He was so mad about his pick, he left. We will. Uh, we're gonna take a little break. Wait, wait for Joe to get back here. All 
All right, we are back. Joe's back from being frozen, and uh, we took a little took a little bathroom break there. Um, so, with both of you having manager and tag team out of the way, I am wide open to take. I mean, that just leaves it so that I can take both of those in my fourth and fifth round. So, I'm going back to back here. I'm going to go with a women's women's wrestler and announcer here. Um, I'll start with announcer just because I think this one's just a little more like the number one guy is a little bit further ahead of pretty much everyone else. Cause I'm going to take the goat announcer. I'm taking Jim Ross, good old JR Jim Ross. Damn it. Yeah. I think number one on my board, just no doubter. If I didn't get Jim Ross, I'd be, I'd probably be going with people that I haven't seen a whole lot of their matches that they've called. Cause my number two and three were people that I haven't seen. I wasn't even alive when they were calling matches. Let's just say that, but I had both of those guys on my board as my number two and three. Um, yeah. I mean, he's had some slip ups here in AEW. Uh, I think like recently, like within the last month, he called it WWE dynamite, but you know what? Who cares? I think he's just, he's the best announcer of all time. So I'm taking, right. I'm taking good old JR. All right. Keep on running. Uh, and then for my women's wrestler, um, I'm going to take, I think this one is, I think this is the, this, the women's and the tag team ones are the ones that are the most, there's the most depth between like from number one to number five. And we're only drafting three here. So I'm just going to draft, I guess my favorite of all time. Some say the best of all time. I'm going with Trish Stratus. Yeah, knew you would. They're fourth. Whoa. Four. I think there are women who there's there's a there's a few other women that I think are just uh, slightly better than her in the ring. I just think that like she you got to she got to shine a lot more just being like born when she was born. To be honest. And she has, I think, six or seven women's championships to show for it. Uh, and then just obviously like the 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 rivalry that she had with her greatest rival ever, in case someone's going to pick that. Uh, one of the best women's rivalries of all time. So I'm going with Trish Stratus. All right. And that goes to Joe. All right. Well, I'm going I'm going women as well, because I I don't want Chad to take this. I am going with the man, Becky Lynch. That character, like, specifically, is the best Becky Lynch we've seen. It's the closest we've gotten to Attitude Era wrestling that we've seen in a long time. And she fucking crushed it. So go ahead, Chad. All right. Uh, seeing as how female are off the board, I'll wait till the fifth round to pick females. But I have two I'm, I'm debating against. Um, I cannot believe that the person that I said should have gone with the second overall pick is about to drop to the third or fourth round. I'm going to wait uh, and pick women in the last round. I'm going to pick announcer and male uh, in the third and fourth round. I'm going to pick announcer next. I'm going to pick Jerry the King Lawler. We know we uh, should have oh had boy. him canceled. And it's oh a, <laughs> a debatable pick here, but everyone loves Jerry the King. Um, as as debatable as Jerry the King Lawler should be, Jerry the King Lawler was a uh, was a star of his time. I know he should have been canceled in 2021, but I'm going to pick Jerry the King Lawler in the third round. Uh, yeah, 
he wasn't on my board just because we've been we've been on a cancel Jerry Lawler tour. So I I would have been I, it, it just would have been very hypocritical of me to even have him on my board. So I didn't. Yeah, I uh, couldn't I couldn't avoid him. I, I almost picked Corey Graves, but I didn't. Oh, um, his name, sorry. There's name and names now, huh? Yeah, I'm giving Joe some uh, backup. Anybody but you, you know, I already have my announcer. I have the goat. Um. And then I'm going to pick with my third pick, my fourth pick, sorry, in the fourth round, the first pick of the fourth round, uh, my male competitor. And I'm going to pick uh, Shawn Michaels in the fourth round as my male competitor, the greatest in-ring competitor of all time, Shawn Michaels. Oh, boy. Heartbreak kid. Oh, boy. All right. That's a good pick. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Greatest in-ring competitor of all time. Not who I was expecting there. All right, there's well, be a lot of be a lot of shoutouts now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, I know this might surprise you guys, but I'm not going with Adnan Verk. Oh. <laughs> uh, for my for my commentator, I'm going with a with a recent but a most enjoyable commentator that I've seen in the, a long time. You already know who it is. It's Pat McAfee. Boo. That three months of three months of commentating is enough for you. He's incredible. Three months is just enough for Joe to put him in top three all time. He's, <laughs> he's, he's incredible. Corey Graves didn't do two and a half to three years of strong work for you to say that. That's true. He's better. He's better than Corey Graves. Mm, Michael not, Cole did not do twenty years of quality work for this. Michael let's call Cole's it. Let's call part. it. Let's call it ten years of quality work and ten years of. <laughs> Vince telling him what to say. Let's let's get real here. I'm just I'm just saying it. I like him. I like Pat. Wow. Um, all right, all right, Dylan, your uh, your go for uh, not any way worse than Joe. Yeah. So I'll go tag team. Uh, and this is along the lines of Chad because I think that the Hardy Boys' greatest rivals are up there. Those okay. three teams, those three teams cannot be excluded from the top tag teams of all time conversation. I'm just going to go with the one that I enjoyed watching more. And both of them went on to become excellent singles wrestlers. I'm going with Edge and Christian. Good choice. The Dudleys. Uh, if, D- cool. if Devon, if Devon had gone on and become a world champion, because I don't think he ever went on to win the impact championship like, nope. like uh, Bubba did. But Edge and Christian both went on to become world champions in WWE. Granted, Christian was the world heavyweight championship when it was not what it used to be, but still a world champion. I, I think that's that's how you make that's how you like tell like this this tag team is one of the best of all times. Like they they put on excellent tag team matches while they were a tag team for so many years. And then the members also went on to become world champions and some of the best singles wrestlers of all time. So I'm well, going I agree with... with you on edge on this one. I think that Jeff Hardy was a stronger competitor by far than Christian will ever be. Right. But like edge is better than Jeff and Christian is better than Matt. No, Matt's better than Christian ever Matt, was. Matt has better character work. Are you kidding me? Delete you. I, that's what I just said. Matt has better character work. Okay, I thought you said Christian had better character work. Jesus, no. Christian is just like... Christian's bland. Yo, what's up, my peeps? I'm going to use the word peep like it's a fucking promo. Uh, like it's a like it's an Easter uh, candy. <laughs> um, 
yeah. And then all I have left is my manager. And I think this is a no brainer, despite the fact that I haven't seen a whole lot with him in it, but I have seen enough to know that he's that damn good. Bobby, the brain Heenan. Yeah. Yeah. He was number three on my list. I think that'll, uh, that'll resonate with some uh, people that know some old school wrestling. Uh, Most of my, pretty much my entire list is attitude era. And then Bobby Heenan. (laughs) Good luck with that. That's, I mean, you might call it pandering because that's when most people watched wrestling, but you know, we'll see. Uh, so that leaves me with my man. And I think I'm surprised that it's a fifth round draft pick. This is a, uh, this is ridiculous. This made it to the fifth round. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised it's a fifth round draft pick, but obviously I have to pick rock the Dwayne Johnson as my, uh, as my man. He was too bravo on my list behind HBK. Yeah, I just think like because you because you picked Shawn Michaels instead of The Rock, like I don't know how many more people are going to vote for that. I don't it's, care. I know that Shawn Michaels was always a better competitor in the ring than The Rock was. Yeah, he was. That is very true. Just The Rock is up there with Austin as two of the greatest of all time. Debatable. Yeah, I, you're right. That's. That's why we do these drafts, and uh, we'll see we'll see who wins here. So, Chad, your fifth round pick. You have a female wrestler. Well, this is hard. Uh, since I have the last pick of the draft, I'm just going to be very vocal about who my two picks are that I could pick between. Uh, you have the modern day title grabber Charlotte Flair. Yep, on my and list. You have the old school uh, beautiful woman Lita as my top two left. I had Charlotte. Becky, Lita, and Trish Stratus, my top four. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Charlotte Flair over Lita. I know Lita is uh, great as she was. I have Charlotte because she's the longest reigning champion. She's the most women's championships of all time. She's the NXT Raw women's and tag team champions. Only Bailey's ever done that, but she's won it way more than Bailey. I'm going to go Charlotte Flair with my last pick. Yeah, and I had... The, the my women's list was actually longer than three people because it was so hard to pick between. It was just like I think you could I think regardless of who you picked and you could even throw Sasha Banks into the into the yep. into the conversation like Trish Lita, Charlotte Becky, Sasha, you can't go wrong. And Bailey probably. I had seven with Sasha, Asuka and Bailey all in there. Yeah, Asuka too. So uh we will Let's uh I'll recap the draft and then we'll do some shout outs. Uh who got left off the list. So I had the first overall pick. I had Stone Cold Steve Austin, good old JR Jim Ross, Trish Stratus, Edge and Christian, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Joe had the second pick. He had Paul Heyman, the Young Bucks, Becky Lynch, Pat McAfee, and The Rock. And Chad had the third overall pick. He had the Hardy Boys, Paul Bearer, Jerry the King Lawler. HBK, Shawn Michaels, and Charlotte Flair. So, shout-outs. Let's, let's start with some, some men. Uh, I have, I mean, I have one that didn't get picked. My, my, my list of three men was Austin Rock and Ric Flair. Ooh, I had Ric Flair at five, and I had Undertaker top four. So, yeah, my plan was if I didn't get the Hardys or Edge and Christian was to pick... Kane and Undertaker as my tag team because of like the 
the impact that they made as singles wrestlers and hopefully to also get the votes because people know who Kane and Undertaker are. <laughs> Pandering. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 a big time panderer. I've I've won three out of four drafts. So so yeah, I had I had Kane and Undertaker in my tag, but yeah, so I knew I so for me I knew he wasn't gonna be picked between the three of us, but I know a lot of people consider Big Match John to be uh to be up there as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, that being had, John Cena. I had John at seven. Yeah. How how deep did your board go? There's only three. I had of ten us. on my list. Jesus. I had Stone Cold, HBK, The Rock, Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Triple H, Ric Flair, CM Punk, and Roman Reigns. As your top ten of all time? Yes. No Bret Hart? No Bret Hart. Uh, I'm trying to think of someone else who could squeeze in there. That's a that's a good list. The modern day Maharaja. Shut the fuck up. No, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, I mean that's a really good list. Uh, Orton, probably like Kurt Angle. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's like as a pure wrestler. Yes, I put Orton and Bret Hart at like eleven and twelve, maybe. Yeah. I can't think of really anyone else that even fits into that top ten. Picture. Macho Man Randy Savage. That was in, that was incredibly bad, but yeah, Macho Man Lesnar, but like no. Uh, no fuck, 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 part timers. Yeah, um, I can't really, I can't argue with that list at all. Uh, what I mean, I mean, if you made ten, you're probably gonna get all my shout outs. So, uh, what about women? So we already we already mentioned uh, Trish, Lita. Charlotte, Becky, Char- or Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, Bailey, and Oscar. Is there even anyone else who even belongs in that conversation? I mean, there's like the middle ground between like the the Charlotte. I mean, the the Trish and Lita age, and like the Women's Revolution. There were a couple really strong wrestlers in there. In between, I wasn't willing to put on the top seven or eight no. who were like uh, Beth, Beth Phoenix, Beth Phoenix. Yep. and uh, Eve Torres, um, Michelle McCool. Uh, AJ Lee and then Paige, but I wasn't willing to put any of those on there. Although my favorite wrestler of all time, women is Paige. So you pandered. Sorry. <laughs> you got the Bellas too. My wife is yelling at me downstairs. Tell me the Bellas were important too. I will say, like, if you look at it from an improvement standpoint, like, yes. And if you look at it from when they got into WWE versus when they left, like, the level of improvement between Nikki and Brie Bella was incredible. Well, you had an improvement and then you had their last run, which was just terrible. I mean, the last run was like one-offs though. Like, like Nikki and what Ronda Rousey at the all women's pay-per-view evolution. Right. And you had a uh, Brie Bella and, and Brian or Daniel Bryan versus the Miz and Maurice. Is that WrestleMania? I thought, what? No, it was, I thought it was Nikki and John Cena. John Cena versus Miz and Maurice, but di- didn't like Daniel. Daniel de- definitely uh, teamed up with with Bree versus someone else. Yeah, but it was after Nikki, and uh, it was it was like a year and a half after Nikki did. Oh, so like late 2019. Yeah, yeah, it was like SummerSlam or Survivor Series somewhere in between there for for uh, Bree and Daniel versus. That makes sense that I don't remember it because if it was at SummerSlam, then I was underway didn't watch it live so it doesn't not does not resonate with me 
and then obviously they they've they've returned at multiple women's royal rumbles as well so yeah um tag teams i think there's the a bunch new of, day? The, the new day and the usos are awesome like one some of the most incredible tag teams of all time i just don't be because they're not done with like i it's hard when someone is still playing or still wrestling like when you look at like the goats of a sport it's tough to be like this person is better than someone who came before them you're telling me tom brady like i was literally gonna say other than tom brady it's tough (laughs) to be like but just because of the sheer amount of super bowls and record he's won and the records that he holds like it's tough to go and be like this person is still active it's hard to put them in goat territory even like like i'm not putting lebron in goat territory i never will probably but that's just that's just because I'm a LeBron hater. I think a Space Jam two was so bad. That too. I mean, even before that came out, I wasn't. <laughs> I was never gonna put him in goat status. It's always gonna be MJ. Mike the Jordan. Michael Jeffrey. Yes. All right. Um, do you guys really have anyone for announcers or commentators, or announcers or uh, managers? As I said before, Corey Graves and Michael Cole. Obviously, in the new age, Corey Graves kills it all the time, and then. Michael Cole's been doing this since like 2002. Michael Cole is legit. He is uh, good. Now. He's he's good now. Um, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, I think, are number two commentary te- team of all time behind Jr. and Jerry. I think uh, if you go back and watch some of the old matches, like the way that they tell stories and the way that they put guys over is just incredible compared to nowadays. Like they they put them over like on their own like not with, I mean you would think someone in their ear like Michael Cole constantly has. Uh, JBL is always funny. <laughs> you know who I had in my top five actually was Vince McMahon. Okay. Yeah, he was he was good. I don't think he was. Yeah, I don't know. This is not to say that this person is in my top five, but I do really enjoy like to I do really enjoy them. But like, or I guess it's two people, but. Shivani and Excalibur, I think, are good commentators. Well, Shivani didn't even, like, wrestle. I mean, didn't even commentate back in WCW. He was, like, a ringside guy. Yeah. The guy from WCW that stands out to me, it's because I watched a lot of old-school TNA, was Mike Tanay, who did a lot of old-school WCW, and then he went to Impact for, like, 10 years. Mike Tanay was really good. Hmm. I, I, I really just like Excalibur. I, I like Excalibur more than Shivani. I just think like he just because he's there as someone who's wrestled before and like I don't know when you're watching it seems like he knows the fucking name to literally every move that that was ever made in a wrestling ring which is just insane but uh and then JR does yeah JR uh, seems to know the title of everything too yeah um and then managers uh the only other one I had was Jim Cornette and just because he was a fucking heat magnet but and he was Teddy Long. Teddy Long was also very good. Uh, it was just like if I didn't get Heyman or Heenan, I wouldn't have known what to do with myself. So I pretty much had to get one of those two. I actually had to go to Google for this one, and I picked out Paul Heyman number one, Paul Bearer number two, uh, Jimmy Hart number Jimmy three, Hart, Mouth of the South. I had Bobby Heenan four, Vicky Guerrero at five. And then I tried to figure out who was like a current manager that's really good. And I had MVP is really good. MVP is really good right now with uh, Lashley. 
I think back in the the undefeated streak of Rusev, I also did not think that Lana was bad as a manager. My wife said Lana too, but I would never have. I would have never picked her in this. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, I'm struggling to think of anyone else that's like been a good manager. I wanted to see if I can get by with China at one point. I was like, I might pick China because she's I a manager. I would have taken that. I would have. I I would have not vetoed that. China was good with DX. Yep. Didn't Same with think, Rude. Didn't even think about those two. Yep. Rick Rude being the only member of DX and NWO. That's true. Uh, all right. So that wraps up the draft. Uh, so we'll close out the show. Um, next week, we are moving. We're kind of downsizing a little bit, like I said earlier, into just two segments. So next week, uh, our show is going to release on Saturday morning slash mid-afternoon time frame before SummerSlam airs. We will have our predictions for SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver 36, as well as our weekly wrestling recap. No beer ratings next week, no draft next week. We're just downsizing to two segments, so we're doing predictions and the weekly wrestling recap next week. Uh, that's just kind of to avoid having uh, shows that are over two hours long because one, they're hard to edit. And two, I feel like people don't really appreciate a super long podcast, especially like a lot of people listen to more than just one podcast. So this is kind of for kind of for the fans, the, the three the three listeners that we have. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. You can follow me on Untapped at Dylan Free. And you can follow Joe on Untapped at Joe Kalinowski. Uh, Chad, do you want our three our three listeners to follow you on social media anywhere? Yeah, have a Untapped at C A Dave's ninety two. C A Dave's ninety two. Sweet. So you can follow Chad on Untapped there. I forgot about that. I forgot we all follow each other on Untapped. Uh, as always, you can rate, review, subscribe on whatever pl- podcast platform you're listening on. And we have been the Drunk Dudes, Dylan, Joe, and Chad this week. And we'll catch you on down the road. I was thinking.